Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. All right, good morning, church. And uh, just in case you didn't notice, this is our new pastor discipleship, Michael Thornton, and we're so excited to have him and his family here with us, and, and uh, welcome aboard. And you'll, you'll hear more formal introduction next week, and his ordination service is next Sunday. I wanted you to know that, 4 o'clock in the sanctuary. Hope you can come be a part of that, but we're just so excited that you're, you're here with us. Welcome, man. Thank you. Yep. And, uh, did, oh, what were you going to say? 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Yep, 3 o'clock. Don't, don't come at 4. It'll be too late. Yeah. <laughs> 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Um, and did we lose, uh, do, did, was there a bus that didn't sh- turn up to pick up our middle schoolers? Is that what's going on? So 46 middle schoolers on retreat this weekend. Isn't that awesome? And, uh, <clears throat> and no bus. They're hitchhiking home. And the, uh, the adventure continues. The road goes on forever, right? But lo- the Lord's going to meet them in that. It's all going to work out, <clears throat> we hope. So... Um, <laughs> But well, we're praying for them and all that God's doing in their lives. Friends, would you turn with me to Isaiah 61? We're in the series, uh, Good Job, Your Work Matters. I want to look at Isaiah 61 this morning, verses 1 to 7. And as you turn in your Bibles or turn on your Bibles, let's open our hearts together in prayer. Lord, when we look to your Scripture, there's one thing that we need. That's for you to speak to us by your voice, your living voice, by the power of your Holy Spirit that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt whatever we have been tempted to believe or tempted to stake our lives on in this world this week. We can know that you're real, that you're true, that you're good, that you love us beyond all measure, and we can live for you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And the church said? Amen. Amen. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise Instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will walk your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so, you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. That's the word of God. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. If I were to tell you 
that the kingdom of God is advancing, would you believe it? Sometimes it's hard to believe. Seems like maybe Christianity shrink, maybe things are not going the way they ought to go. The kingdom of God is advancing. I know we loved uh, having uh, Yemi Mobilati up here preaching for us last weekend. Wasn't that awesome? Our friend Yemi uh, preaching, bringing the... Yeah, amen. Yeah, we can clap for Yemi. He's not here, but we'll tell him later. <laughs> and we, we loved having him in the pulpit and sharing with us and, and talking to us in this Good Work series about how, you know, when we do work for God and for others, that actually makes room for even cities to rise in a way because we're doing our work to the Lord and it was great to have him here. Part of the reason that Yemi was preaching last week was that I and the staff the week prior were all gone to Dallas for our national gathering. We're part of a, a larger body of churches, about 400 of us, and um, our, all of our leaders and pastors were all gathered together in one place to encourage one another as we do every year. Last year we hosted it here. This year we were in, in uh, Dallas. And let me tell you, my experience of that was that I can come to you here at this church and say the kingdom of God is advancing in this movement that we're in. It was so encouraging to see these different places where churches are expanding their ministries, they're, they're breaking through their, their bounds and, and they're reaching new people, doing new things. I was, I was struck with how many of these churches are, are literally downtown churches like ours that are in capital campaigns, expanding their buildings, expanding their, their resources, expanding their impact for the city. Churches like uh, Christ Pres in, uh, in Minneapolis and, and Third Pres in Richmond, Virginia and First Presbyterian Church Greenville, South Carolina, a church a lot like ours, doing this enormous uh, expansion of their, of their church and its ministries. Highland Park Church, Dallas, Texas. And even our, our sister church that's up in Boulder, First Presbyterian Church of Boulder, they launched a, a capital campaign to change their, their building, the structures and all that. And they actually changed the name of their church from First Presbyterian Church of Boulder to Grace Commons Church. As part of a move, they feel like the Spirit is calling them to reach their city more effectively for Christ. And it was just encouraging to see the Spirit of God laying its hand on these churches. And when I say the kingdom of God is advancing, friends, I'm not talking about bricks and mortar. I'm not talking about uh, square footage. You see, what I'm talking about is the ministries of these church have been, have been brought to strength in such a way that they're bringing along capital campaign behind that to support and enhance that ministry. And their reach for Christ is growing and their impact is growing and lives are changing. And for those of us who've been around for a few years, to be part of a wave of God at work across our nation in this kind of a way, let me tell you, it's encouraging. One of the greatest stories was this little church in uh, Cohoes, New York. Anybody know Cohoes, New York? All the hands did not <laughs> shoot up in the air. <laughs> I don't know it either. It's this little town north of Albany, and this little church there had uh, two years ago would worship around 90 people. Uh, right now they're worshiping on Sunday mornings regularly around 120, 125 people. Friends, that's big growth, right? And a couple of years ago, no baptisms. This last year, over a dozen baptisms, many of them adults, new faith, new life in Christ, transforming work of the Spirit. 
The leaders of that church, they've been open to the Spirit of God coming into their church and changing things, rearranging things, pulling them forward to do new things, to reach new people for Christ, and the kingdom of God is advancing. Praise God. Praise God. Because you know the hardest soil to reach for the kingdom of God is the soil of the human heart. And everywhere that soil is given over, the kingdom advances. So we come back to you just super encouraged about what God's doing. You know, it's fun to be together. And, uh, and also there is a mechanical bull. <laughs> and uh, this might surprise you. One of your elders, uh, Bonnie Cherry, uh, this is what she did. She, she, that's her on that bull right there. Bonnie, my goodness. You know, don't you know you're representing an, an august body here? And, and, and there she went. But she wasn't the only one. The next one was uh, Reverend Katie Fowler. <laughs> Uh, jumping on there, you know, she's our church planner up in Denver that we uh, uh, have sent up there, and there she got Reverend, you know, Reverend Katie Fowler on this bull. Well, you know, your pastor couldn't couldn't leave it all to the uh, to the to the ladies, so we got on there. We took care of that business, right? Uh, actually, um, what I'm most excited about is that it, that looks like I'm moving, they, because that bull was moving so slow. It was more like. We had a great time. Friends, I report the kingdom of God is growing in our churches. The kingdom of God is advancing. You see, it's, the kingdom of God is where God is the king. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. The kingdom of God is where God is the king. But there's a lot of working out in that, isn't there? Now, the kingdom of God, we might think, you know, oh, it's, maybe it's not going so well. The kingdom of God is growing. Friends, there are without a doubt more believers, more devoted followers of Jesus Christ on the face of this planet right now than there were one year ago. The church is growing. The church is blossoming. It's blossoming in places like the Middle East where the Spirit of God is touching people in dreams and bringing them into the church. The fastest growing church in the world is the underground church in Iran. And we're partnered with people that are trying to form leaders to to get into that church, and we can't form leaders fast enough to get them in front of how God is growing that church. It's growing in Africa, it's growing in Asia, it's growing in Latin America, and friends, it's growing in every place where the soil of the human heart is given over to the implanting of the Word of God. It's growing. We can take heart because the kingdom of God is where God is the king in the hearts of men and women. So it's not about, you know, square footage, thousand seats. It's not about those things. Those things are important in their time. The hardest soil to gain for the kingdom of God is the soil of the human heart. We're committed to reaching the lost for Christ. We've been in the series, our good job series, Your Work Matters, you know. Uh, we were made to work, but work can be frustrating. You either think too much of work and you, you rest your identity in it, like you're trying to get your identity out of your work, or you think too little of work and you just try to escape it, like it's a, a bad burden just to get out of as quickly as you can. The gospel frees you from both of these things. You don't have to justify your existence through your work. You've been justified by Jesus Christ. But you don't have to just escape work as some kind of meaningless exercise either because wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you can do it as unto the Lord 
and not unto earthly masters. And there can be meaning and there can be purpose. And your job can be glorious when you glorify God in your job. So last week, Amy was up here to talk about how in that, when, we, when we've got good work, when we've got good industry, it can raise a city, can lift a city when we work for God. Today, what I want you to see, what I want you to understand is that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're in Christ, you are a representative, an emissary of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is advancing. We get to be a part of it. Because when the soil of your heart belongs to the kingdom, you'll find yourself working for that kingdom wherever you are. Well, friends, uh, there is something wrong in the world, and we all know it. You ever try to find that place of agreement with, uh, with people like non-believers or people that don't understand why you pursue Jesus, why you're following Jesus? That's a place to start. There's something wrong in the world, and we all feel it. We know it needs fixing. Last week, if you were here, we saw some videos from some commercials that are really popular. You know, there's some stuff that, that really got me, you know, feeling a little bit nauseous. Uh, like th- stuff like uh, finger dipping. Remember? Dip your fingers in the cheese dip and just eat it. Finger dipping. Or uh, things like uh, chunky style milk. <laughs> Change, save some chunks for me. All that chunky goodness. And with each of these, there was somebody at the end who would who'd come forward and, and he'd, he'd just say, do you remember? He'd just say, that ain't right. That ain't right. And why does that connect so well? Because we all have got that. We all have got something in us that knows when it ain't right. We've got something that just goes off that says, that, that ain't right. That's not right. And not just goofy things, but the real things that we experience in life. We recognize that's not right. And something in me is saying, that's wrong, it's broken, and it needs fixed. Well, listen to me. When you get close to Jesus, when you start turning to the Lord, when you start seeing what he sees, hearing what he hears, feeling what he feels, well, there's something else that happens. A switch turns, and not only do you, do you know what's not right, but something in your heart clicks and goes, that, that's right. And for all the things that I've tried to do that were kind of right and sort of right and halfway right, and all the things that I've experienced that were downright wrong, that's right. And I want to be part of it. There's something wrong in the world and it needs fixed. And, and Jesus has come to begin the healing and the restoration and the redemption. And he calls it the kingdom of God. When he got up to start his ministry, he picked up this, this scripture that I've read for you, Isaiah 61. And he walked into a synagogue in Nazareth and he stood up and he took the scroll of Isaiah. And, and turning to Isaiah 61, he read it. And as soon as he read it, he sat down and everyone turned to look at him. And it says in Luke 4, verse 21, he began, he began by saying to them, today, this scripture has been what? Fulfilled in your hearing. What Jesus was claiming is that the kingdom of God has begun. You should hear somewhere in the back of of your mind, somewhere in the distance, the starter's pistol going up into the air. Bam! The kingdom of God has begun. Do you want to be a part? So Jesus 
what's this kingdom of God going to look like? Well, he began by saying it was fulfilled, and then he went on and preached Isaiah 61. If I had that sermon, I would give it to you. But we're going to look at Isaiah 61 and look for the kingdom. Look at this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus is saying, look, I'm starting my ministry. Watch for this. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Where does it begin? What does it start with? The Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, says Jesus. He says, I'm, just not, I'm not here all on my own to, to make something happen all on my own. The Spirit of God is at work right now, right here. And I want to ask you this morning, how much room are you making in your life for the Spirit of God to work? Can you believe that God's at work, not only in your life, but in the lives of those around you, that God is, God is at work by His Spirit in the people's lives that you're in conversation with, causing them to think new questions, to have new insights, to, to wonder. The Spirit of God is at work. That's how the kingdom of God begins. And Jesus said, the Spirit of God has anointed me. Anointed is a big word. Underline that word if you've got your own Bible. Highlight it. If you've got your friend's Bible, underline that. Give it back to him. Say, why didn't you underline this yet? Like, you, go, you should know this. <laughs> anointed. Anointed. That's the word Messiah. Messiah. Jesus is saying, I'm the one anointed for this. I'm the long-awaited Messiah. You translate that to Greek, it's the word Christos. Christ. Jesus, the Christ. He's anointed. And what's he anointed to do? Right here, he's anointed to proclaim. So this is Jesus taking on his office as prophet. He's anointed as a prophet. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to start a, a lecture series. We're going to look at the three anointed offices of Christ, prophet, priest, and king. You understand Jesus in these three terms. It will change your life forever. Right here, he's saying, I'm taking on my office. I've been anointed a prophet to proclaim the things of God in his kingdom. And today the kingdom begins, he says. Now, Anointed to proclaim what? Well, he gets this vision of life that follows, a vision of the kingdom of God. And how does it look? It looks like this. Good news to the poor. Friends, I don't know what, what period, I don't care what period of history you're in, that's otherworldly. That means something's moving in from another dimension because the poor don't get good news. Good news to the poor. I'm so proud of this church and the way that we move forward on poverty initiatives, the way we change people's lives when they're experiencing poverty, homelessness. As people of God, the soil of our hearts given over to the kingdom of God, we've got to always be invested in bringing good news to the poor from the kingdom. What else comes? Well, the brokenhearted are going to be bound up and healed. They're going to be helped. There's hope. There's, there's, there's nothing that's beyond the healing touch of Jesus and his compassion and care. I'm so proud of John Goodale and our caring ministries that we're celebrating just in the way that we say here, if you're, in, if you're part of First Pres, no one hurts alone. There's no, there's no bottom to the love of Jesus and his compassion and care for you. That's the kingdom of God. And he's anointed to proclaim something else. Just follow along in your Bibles. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Now, quick footnote here. 
That would be for prisoners who should get out of jail, right? <laughs> Thank you for laughing somewhere over here. <laughs> like jailbreak would be a problem, right? Uh, but, but imagine people that are, that are uh, they're imprisoned. They've been wrongfully taken. They're bound. In various ways, they're in chains. They're in darkness. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of liberation. It's a kingdom of setting free those who are captive. And even if someone is in prison because they've committed a crime and, and, and they know they've, they've done wrong, the kingdom of God is a place of pardon. There's a king who can issue pardon and tomorrow can be different from yesterday. It's never too late to have new life in Christ. Well, that's the kingdom. And on it goes to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What's that? That's the jubilee year, the year of freedom. Because God is a God of freedom. Jesus is a, is a God who sets free, not who binds up. And it, to proclaim the, the day of vengeance of our God. We're in verse 2 now. The vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. The vengeance of our God. Well, that sounds very scary, but God is a God of, of righteousness and justice. God is a God who will not tolerate wrongs forever. God will punish what is wrong and he will reward what is right. And friends, let me tell you, we need that. Sometimes we don't think we want that, but you do. And that day will come, the day where mourners are, 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 are offered hope, comfort all who mourn, comfort those who grieve. In the kingdom of God, in the life of Jesus Christ, death is not the end, you see. He's got you even through that. And then watch what happens. We trade in some things so that God can issue us some other things. It's a beautiful exchange. Uh, people in, in mourning... How about this trait? A crown of beauty instead of ashes. See, people, when they lost someone, when they were grieving, they would take ashes from the fire that sprinkled on their head, they'd rub it around them. And it was a way of expressing on the outside what they were feeling on the inside, right? Sometimes we're not so good at that in our time. It's okay to show on the outside what you're going through on the inside. But when the kingdom of God comes, that crown of ashes is lifted and replaced with the crown of beauty. The oil of mourning is replaced with an oil of gladness. The spirit of despair is replaced. It's exchanged. It's exchanged for a garment of praise. And then look at this. I love this. They will be called, what? Say it with me. Oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness. Have you ever been in that place in life where you feel pressed down, where you feel like your life is coming to pieces, like you're being pushed down in the mud, you don't know why? I was at this national gathering and there was this young associate pastor came up to me and, um, and, uh, and he's in this position where uh, he is suddenly in charge of a rather large congregation because the senior pastor resigned unexpectedly. So he came up to me and, and, and was kind of like, help! <laughs> you know? His eyes were like that big. And I thought, what can I tell this guy to encourage him? I just said, listen, listen. Sometimes in life, when it feels like the pressure's coming in from all sides and on top, you're feeling pushed down, pressed down. Listen, this is a word of encouragement that one, if somebody in this room needs this encouragement today. Sometimes when you're pressed in on all sides, 
God is just strengthening the foundation for what he's about to do next. Hang in. Because one day, what you are experiencing right now will be what you look back on as the moment God gave you the strength to do what he was going to do next. Amen? That's what the kingdom of God is like. And the seed that's pressed down into the soil, it comes up again in the kingdom to be an oak of righteousness, a planting, it says, for the splendor of His glory. Friends, that's the kingdom of God. When you are pressed down into the soil, you rise up again in His strength as an oak of righteousness. I love that. And the picture goes on, the people will be rebuilders, repairers, restorers, renewers. They will know provision. They will know plenty, plenty. Their God is the Lord. They will know plenty. They will have joy. They will have a a renewal of strength within them. Their work will, will be meaningful, pay off for the kingdom in eternal and beautiful ways. And then look at this now. This is what I want you to see, verse six. And you will be called priests of the Lord. Priests. Do you think he's just talking about some religious cadre, some small group of religious professionals that are going to be given some task that you don't understand? No. He's talking about you. If you're in the kingdom of God, you're called to be a priest. Peter wrote it to his church. He said in 1 Peter 2, 9, Behold, you are a chosen people, a royal, what? Priesthood. Priesthood. You are. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You are a priest, and that might weird you out. Well, what is a priest? What's a priest doing? Well, priests, you see, uh, they are bold to stand in the gap and to try to bring the world to God and to try to bring God and the things of God to the world. That's what a priest does. World to God, God to world. And who's standing in the gap? You are. You see, friends, there's a kingdom breaking out and in some ways already here and the world cannot see it. They cannot know it. They don't understand it. But you see it. You know it. You taste it. In fact, you belong to it. That's where your heart belongs. Your songs were written there. Your poems bounce with the rhythms of that kingdom, not the kingdoms of this world. And and you long to to represent it. And when your heart belongs to the kingdom of God, you can't help but share that kingdom wherever you are. You see, you're priests. You're priests. So we've talked about having peace with our position, joy in our job. Your job can be glorious when you glorify God in your job. It's true. It's really true. And I want you to know your job is not just a platform for evangelism. Good work done for its own sake can be a witness to a good God. It's true. I really believe that. But don't forget, wherever God has placed you, you're a priest. You're a representative. You're an ambassador, an emissary of the kingdom of God. And they don't know what they don't know. And they can't see what they can't see unless you tell them about it. So when you think about your, your career and all the good work you do and, and, uh, and you know, doing good work for, for its own sake, I hope that after 20, 30, 40 years, however it is, 88,000 hours of labor in your career, remember that? I hope you'll look back on that time or you can look back on that time and, and say, I did good work for its own sake. But what if you look back 
And you're able to say, you know what, along the way, I helped a few people to know Jesus. Along the way, I took a few risks and, um, and I represented the kingdom of God. Along the way, I, I answered a few questions. I, I, I got rid of a few confusions. I issued a few invitations. And by God's grace, you know, there's a few people that I could name that have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and know eternal life. What if you could say that? There's a friend in this church who uh, said, in the middle of this series, said, yeah, good job, your work matters. Um, he said, I was at work the other morning, and these couple of guys came up to me at work and, and said, hey, uh, Ryan, you're a follower of the Jesus. <laughs> Whatever follows that, right? It's like, oh, boy. You're a follower of the Jesus. We've got some questions for you. So he was like, okay, Lord, you know. Set the email aside. What is it, man? I'm a follower of the Jesus. See, people know that you love Jesus. People, people know that you know the Lord. If your soil of your heart belongs to the kingdom of God, you're radiating something. You're showing people something, that you love that kingdom and you represent that kingdom and you are a priest, you're ambassadors, you're emissaries of the king. Some conversations, they lead nowhere. Some conversations lead to eternal life. Will you walk through those conversations? Will you see what God has? What I'm trying to say is that I like all this faith and work philosophy that we've been talking about, that you were made to work and, and that, that work is meaningful and, and, and that good work represents a good God and sometimes the best witness to God is to just be the best you can be at the work that, that you're in. I get that, I get that. But there's something too to evangelism. There's something to entering those spiritual conversations, to knowing that you are an ambassador for Christ, to taking that risk to move that conversation to the next step and to open your Bible, to answer some questions, to remove some errors, to help people to come to the Lord because the hardest soil to gain for the kingdom of God is the soil of the human heart. But once that soil is gained, the kingdom takes root and advances for all eternity. So I'm not giving you practical helps today. You know, I just want you to know we've declared this a value in our seven values. It's the, the fifth one, share good news. Do all it takes to reach those who do not know Christ. We're going to keep going as a church to equip you, to train you, to give you ideas. So the next time someone comes up to you in your place of work and says, hey, you're a follower of the Jesus, you'll be able to say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. What's on your mind? I'll never forget when, um, when I was a pastor in my first church where I was a lead pastor in Georgia, and, and we had sent some uh, high schoolers off to, to a week-long camp, and uh, we were waiting for them to get home and waiting for the bus to come. You know, it's important that the bus picks the kids up. <laughs> so we were waiting in the parking lot, and, and one of these kids that had gone off to camp, um, he was one of those kids that, let me put it this way, when he signed up to go to this camp, it made it to the staff meeting agenda, okay? <laughs> it's like, I had to say to the associate pastor for youth, like, you know so-and-so signed up, right? You, so are you guys ready? You got what you need? You know, you're ready? You ready to handle this? He'd gone off to this camp. And I had drawn a line on the sand at that church. I'd said, look, we've got to send our kids to a camp 
where they press the issue on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So we sent them kind of a new camp. So we were all kind of worried. I was worried. How's, how did it go? And the kids pull up and they're coming off the bus. And this, this young man comes off the bus. And he's smiling. Ear to ear. His mother's standing right next to me. She grabs my arm. She squeezes it. <laughs> she bends over. She's got tears in her eyes. She whispers in my ear, Pastor Tim, I have not seen him smile like that for over a year. It wasn't that his clothes were different. It wasn't that his hair was different his face. He's only gone a week, right? It's that his heart was different. The soil of his heart had been won for the kingdom of God. The soil of his heart was now the soil of the kingdom of God. And when that soil is gained, everything changes. The whole world is different. And how can it happen? How can it be that a kingdom of God would advance? How can it occur in this world that good news would come to the poor, that the brokenhearted would be bound up with hope? How could it be that a crown of ashes is exchanged for a crown of beauty? How could it be that the weak who feel pressed down into the soil, pressed down into the darkness, into the, into the depth, that they rise up and they are called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the splendor of His glory. How can it be? Where's the power? Where can the reversal come? Who can pull the switch? Where is there such leverage to turn things over on their heads? Friends, the power is in the cross of Jesus Christ. Never forget the kingdom of God is the way of life won by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. When he died for you and for me, and when he went down into that grave, and when he rose again, that was the power that brings the kingdom of God to bear. And when your heart, when the soil of your heart is given over to that kingdom, kingdom advances and wherever you are and whatever you're doing you are for the kingdom Lord how can we uh, how can we have this kind of faith we see this kingdom coming Lord and it's right we want to be a part of it we want to sing it songs we want to we want to be oaks of righteousness for you a planting for the splendor of your glory. Lord, move in our hearts. Help us to trust you, to believe in you, to know that wherever you've sent us, that's right where we need to be. Move into every heart right now, Lord Jesus, that we can know you and trust you and know that you have gained the ground forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to the First Prez Podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprescos.org.